60 Go Podcast, brought to you by Mint Sports. Glad to have them on board. Steve's, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Now, we'll start off with Origin, then we'll move on to Clubland a little bit later. A bit of an afterthought now, being a week on, or nearly a week on now, but it reminded me a lot of Queensland series in 2021. This is the Blues I'm talking about. The fact that they went into that series, Paul Green was the coach at the time. It was just a mess. They were picking guys who really weren't right to play, and you knew that going in. I remember they picked Ponga. He yep. wasn't right to play, and and they picked Ronaldo Mortalo, who wasn't even eligible. eligible. yeah. Yep. So I, it reminds me a lot of that series, and the results showed on the field. They and, got absolutely spanked. And arguably, they're two most dangerous players, if if in form, one being Tom Trevojevic, one being Latrell Mitchell. Well, Latrell hasn't played, and he's gone for a month, and uh, Tom lasted three minutes, four minutes. Uh, so... You know, straight away, it, the adversity was just thrown at them and there's been enough said and written about Damien Cook being in the centres and, and he tried his heart out. He absolutely tried everything, but he's not a centre. And every time Queensland attacked to our right, we made opportunity. So Cook was actually the cause of four of our tries. We, that's huge. No one's going to question the effort by Damien Cook on the night, but clearly... You can't tell me if they had their time again, they wouldn't have gone in a different direction. Well, that's right. I mean, as I yo, he debuted in in the NRL as a centre, um, as if Cameron Murray couldn't handle the centres defensively anyway. So, you know, I'm sure that there's things um, they would re-look at. Again, I, I'm still shocked that Damien Cook was on the bench. I mean, there's no way on earth I would have considered that. And I know you spoke about it, and it's what you would have done. But I just think Cook's the best hooker that New South Wales has got. So he's got to start. Queensland had a clear tactic going into not only this game, but the series. If you weren't 100%, you weren't getting picked. So Ponga, he's had a bit of head knock trouble over the past. He wasn't getting picked. Selwyn Cobbo had a hip injury going into game two, not even considered. Whereas New South Wales, they, they considered all in sundry, and they picked Latrell, even though he was no chance yeah. going into game two. Do and you think, mate, it's it says more about where we are now talent-wise? So... I'm 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 never going to buy into the the Queensland. Just get it. New South Wales don't. I mean, they try their guts out. They they do. They they try their absolute heart out. And I think everyone, you know, when you remove yourself from the passion, everyone can see that. There's not one bloke in that um, 34 players or 36 players the other day that were there that don't have a red hot crack. I just think we went through that whole purple patch where we had the four best players in the world. And we dominated. We didn't have a great deal to pick outside of that, so it was easy to go with the pick-and-stick philosophy. But, hey, I'd probably look good playing with Cameron Smith. Yes. Now, I think we've got that much depth because we had 20 blokes, 21 blokes, that were picked for both games. And if you would count maybe another four or five that we came up with before the first origin that we would have had in our origin teams as well. So there's probably 25, 26 dead set origin players that Queensland can pick from. Um, I reckon New South Wales have got 18, 19, you know, when you include the injuries that they've got with the Trevojeviches, yep. Latrell, et cetera. And before this series, if you were to say, okay, you can eliminate three New South Wales players you would pick Nathan Cleary, Tom, Tom and Latrell. Yeah. Those are the three Yeah, that's people. right. And now, I personally think that, again, 
in the first half, Moses was probably the the bloke who looked the most dangerous for New South Wales. If they were going to create something, it was off the back of him. But they missed um, Cleary as well, big time. No doubt. And Queensland's defence on their line... Frustrated them, didn't it? It her- was so good. Heroic. Yeah, heroic. It, was, it just frustrated the hell out of them. And not only that, the fact that they couldn't break Queensland... And then as soon as Queensland got down the other end, they were just schmick. Yep. And they were on and they scored every time. And then um, you just knew Tom goes down. Let's be fair. Take our maroon glasses off. The first two tries we scored were... Um, Dubious. But yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So straight away, you just knew we were right. Like we, we were never going to lose that game. I couldn't believe the first try got awarded considering... It, it was given no try. Yeah. And so you had the, the almost finger touch. I didn't yeah. think that, that was actually a problem. Yeah, it was like one angle maybe. Yeah. yeah. But the put down, I thought, was I had the a big one that, issue with that. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously the forward passes afterwards. Forward passes are the thing that frustrated me. Well, I was, I was also speaking through my pocket as well because I had a, <laughs> a couple of dollars on Xavier Coast to score first. So yeah, right. I was hoping it was a no try, but I, I thought it was a no try. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a no try as well. But okay. So then the final score is 20 to 6. So, so. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. But again, you know, the, the game game changes and, and everything's different because if that's disallowed, well, Queensland aren't in that position to score their second try, so everything changes from that point. I get that. Anything could have happened. Just, just I think back, we win, though. Just back on Cam Murray, he obviously was not right to play this game because he come on in the second half when they were down 16-0. The game is effectively over, yeah. like really. So he comes on with 30 minutes to go when they're down 16 now. Queensland, I spoke about it before, they've taken the approach going into this series that if you're not 100%, you're not playing. Yeah. If Cam Murray was a Queenslander, he wouldn't have been picked for game two. You, you're probably right. The way he played, though, said to me that he had no issues at all. Because um, I thought he played quite well when he came on. He didn't show any signs of being injured. Look, I know there's a big, big difference at about 10 more bigs between local A-grade footy and, and state of origin. But I know even yesterday I was coaching my side here. We have 12 interchanges to work with. Um, I had two guys go down with injury and it straight away through any plan that, that I had sitting there ready to go um, for, for how I was going to use those 12 changes. So uh, again, I wonder how much losing Tom early, having to put Cook out in the centres, it would have thrown a part of their rotation, what they were trying to do. <coughs> I just wonder how much that affected or impacted what they were going to do with Murray. There was a lot of pressure built up in the media heading to the game that New South Wales had to go with a two-hooker strategy because it worked so well for Queensland. But I would argue Queensland doesn't go with a two-hooker strategy. Like Ben Hunt, he truly is the jack of all trades. It's just that he plays nine for the first 20 minutes of the game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just to give um, Grant the opportunity to come in and and will play out the remaining 60, but just take some sting out of it, doesn't he? And like... Ben Hunt does not play nine for the rest of the game, really. No, he plays like a, an a extra ro- five, a lock. A roving 13. Yeah. So I'd argue that Queensland actually doesn't use a two-hooker strategy. No, certainly not to the extreme that New South Wales did with, with Robson and I, I agree totally. But we're very lucky that we've got a guy like um, Hunt who is probably, at rep level anyway, he's a better hooker than what he is a half. Yeah. But he's a, he's a natural half. Can easily play play that lock forward role. Um, I'm starting to get to a point where I personally believe that Isaiah Yo is the best lock in the comp. I think he's the Australian lock, like for, you know, he'd be the my first choice lock for for the Australian team. But I'm starting to think he may not be their best option at lock. 
It's so it's so correct. It's um, so correct because he's good. He's he's unreal. Like I said, he's the best lock in the comp. But I don't know if he suits what they're trying to do. Uh, they might be better with Murray starting there. That is so true. I've thought about that a lot, and uh, I, I agree. If you, if I was starting a club, right, yeah. uh, he'd be Isaiah first. Yo would be one of the first yeah. picked. But in Origin, it's Cam Murray for me all day, and it's it's actually daylight second. And if you do that. I'm not sure where you play Isaiah Yo. Do you just play him as a middle forward? Oh, I think he's on the bench for yeah. sure, yeah. So I think particularly with Cleary and Luai in the team, if they're going to stick with that halves combination, then I think Cam Murray is the right choice. I think they do stick with that for game three. Uh, because Well, game three is probably a bit of a wash. What about game one next year? Well, I think it's Moses and Cleary now. You reckon? Yeah, I do. I do. I just think Moses showed enough that He's, I, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose a big thing will be who the coach is. That's right. Yeah, true. Um, and then, I, because if it was this current crew, who would you go? Cleary's definite one. Um, it's it's really tough. I I sense that they're trying to rush Matt Burton into this into this six jersey. Yeah. Um, I would still go Cleary Luai. I I, yeah. I don't. I'm not off that. But again, yeah, that that's right. I just. Because Moses and, and Luai were arguably New South Wales' best players the other day. Absolutely. So, you know, I think they they deserve to be the halves. But in saying that, I wouldn't go James Tedesco and I wouldn't go Isaiah Yo as, as you're starting 1 and 13. So my spine would be totally different. Well, I'd, I'd go Cook starts. Please. <laughs> Reese Robson, good footballer. Cook starts. Burton's your 14, Moses and Luai, and, and Teddy. Now, again, like I've said before, Teddy is playing some average footy for Teddy. He's not playing terrible compared to normal NRL players. He's still better than most. But he's just got runs on the board. Like, if, if Teddy's still horrendous game two next year, that's when I'll, I'll cop the conversation. Okay, now, you know, is Teddy done? But a couple of bad games, three months of bad footy. That's not enough for me for for someone who captains a country and done what he's done. If oh, I, I've thought about Teddy going in, into Origin next year, and if if I was picking the New South Wales team, uh, if everyone was healthy for New South Wales, I would pick Latrell at at fullback, yeah. and then I would go with uh, Steve. Do you have Teddy on the wing? Would you have Teddy there somewhere? No, I wouldn't. And okay. that that's that's a form right now. Yep. So if the form continues, uh, I'd have Latrell at fullback, and then your centres because they they do have great centre depth. Their, their centre depth is phenomenal. Blows Queensland out of the water, really. Um, I would have uh, Stephen Crichton and Campbell Graham. Yeah. So I, I think that that trio is stronger than Latrell and whoever other centre you want to pick. Yeah. And then Dylan Edwards at fullback. So Dylan. Oh yeah, like again, Dylan Edwards is unreal and deserves to be in any conversation. But look, let's be fair. If Teddy's not the fullback, it's Latrell. If Latrell's not the fullback, it's it's Turbo and and then maybe maybe Te- uh, Edwards. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about Tom a little bit later when it comes to club football because he he is out for the rest of the year and that's a pretty savage blow. So not only New South Wales but the Manly Seagulls. Uh, just rounding out on Origin. Oh. I don't know if you were going to get to it, but how's Daly Cherry Evans not man of the match the other night? That was my next point. Okay, Lindsay Collins, unreal. He played 30-odd minutes. Yes. Stop uh, it. 
when the when he, when he was it, great for thirty odd minutes. When it was stop it. When it was awarded that he was man of the match, I th- I thought because I didn't look at the stats at full time. I thought, man, his second half must have been off the charts. Yeah, and he, he was like, good. He was excellent. Absolutely, he had like eighty four meters and yeah, twenty tackles. Yeah, like, exactly. And ten hit ups or something. I will say, like he every, he every w- one of those hits was brutal. He he was he was very good. Yeah. But not man of the match. Yeah. Like this is two times in a row now that the man of the match people have just watched a different game than the rest of us. The Cotter one was closer than this one, though. Exactly, and all of Lindsay Collins' best work came in the second half. The when game was, was done. Yeah, it was gone. Dale Cherry Evans, when he makes that line, tackle. Two plays later, makes a break to set up our second try. Yes. So it goes from us being down potentially six four to up ten ten nil. All on the back of him. I spoke to Josh Hannay when he was on the podcast the other day about Daly Cherry Evans and the the sort of journey he's had. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? There was one time he was booed in Queensland. Yeah, that's right. For turning his yeah. back on the Titans. And yeah. that seems like a distant memory I now. I know. Let's boo someone who decides <laughs> to look after his family. Yes. <laughs> but uh, he's going to go down as, particularly from the, the era that he took over, he took over, let's be honest, the greatest team in the history of rugby league. Yeah. And he's taken on that now to have further success. Queensland's won 14 out of the last 18 series, which is just phenomenal. Yeah, He's going to go down as an origin great. Yeah, and he, he deserves to. He deserves to. And, and again, from all reports, people who know him very well say he's he's one of the best humans that you can come across. So he's just a down-to-earth, genuine bloke. So he deserves everything he gets. Absolutely. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back to chat some club footy next. The Six to Go podcast is proudly sponsored by Mint Sports. And if you want a bit of humour around your sports, they're the perfect place to go to. Why not listen to one of their podcasts, maybe daily? I reckon Shih Tzu Zitsu should lean into this dog kind of gimmick and oh, yeah. go live in a kennel for six months while training, get a, get a schmacko after every round. Good boy, good boy. The speed bag's a bone. They hang a bone instead of the speed bag. <laughs> he skips with a leash. Instead of a belt, he wins a collar. <laughs> yeah. When he KOs someone, it's got a K9. For more nonsensical ramblings loosely based on sport, tune into Mint Sports maybe daily, every week. Maybe. Back with the 60 Go podcast, brought to you by our friends at Mint Sports. Sieves, the Warriors Dragons game over the weekend. Warriors blew them out of the water, pretty much cements them in the top eight for the rest of the year, you would think. But I just want to talk about Ben Hunt. News come out today that the Dragons are blocking. Yep. his release. Um, I don't understand that. I think that there's plenty of motivation for the Dragons to move on from Ben Hunt. You save up 350, 400 grand in your salary cap. You can then fix your salary cap going forward. This could be a, a godsend to you. Oh, mate, they will let him go next year. I've got no doubt. I, but you got to get something back. Like They can't just, you know, he can't come and say, oh, I want to leave and, um, and, and be given that release. So if it's the Broncos that are trying to pick him up, Broncos can't keep everyone that they've got and get Ben Hunt and not give the Dragons back something. And and they can't give him, you know, they can't give him back squad number player 28. They need to give a quality player or two quality players and pay some of his freight. So what level of play are you talking here? Like that's the that's the Broncos list that they put out on the weekend. Okay. So for for mine, um, it'd be all right, you want Ben Hunt, give us Herbie Farmworth. He's leaving next year anyway. We'll take him off your hands for the next uh, 8 weeks. What benefit does that do the Dragons? Well, Moses Suley is not very good. So straight away, they've got a, a strong outside back. Um, they can win a couple of games, get a bit of momentum moving forward. Do you want someone, though, that's going to leave anyway? 
well, Hunt's going to leave anyway. And, and if he's desperate to go, that's fine, but let's get something back in return. If, so I'm playing hardball. L- let's just say, I always thought that, I, I still think Ben Hunt will leave this season. I, I thought it was going to be to a contender to finish the year. I didn't really buy that the Titans were going to get him for this year because to me it just doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Apparently they are still in on him for this year, which is quite interesting. They are in ninth spot. They've just sacked their coach, but they're still, they still yeah. recognise an opportunity to make the eighth this year. So, Although I think there's more chance of him ending up at the Titans this year than the Broncos. That's interesting. Why? Well, he, he's... If you believe everything you read and see, he's going to end up there next year anyway. At the Titans? At the Titans. I, I believe that 100%. They're more inclined to to give up a decent player in return. Because remember, they've got AJ Brimson, they've got Campbell, um, they've got a couple of halves that, that go okay that aren't getting a run either. They've got a lot of young forwards. That's right. They've got a lot of good young forwards. I think Pierre Cora has been picked up to go there next year. So that's another forward that they're getting. So they could release one of their good back rollers. They've got young Tino's younger brother. They've got um, Payas's younger brother as well. So, you know, there, there's options there. Do you go to them and go, hey, give us Mo Fodawaker? Yeah, well, you, you'd have a crack because, again, you need... Ben Hunt is a kangaroo. Give me something in return. You're not just getting a, a nobody or nothing. So if the Broncos don't give up someone good and they can't turn around and say, have Tyson Smoothie or Corey Pakes or Billy Walters because it just doesn't cut it. I thought the the best fit for him was going to be at Penrith, and I'm still not writing it off yeah. because it truly is the one hole in their team, and it's a it's a hole that they can work around because they've got such a great half in Nathan Cleary. Yeah. But to me, if they were to get Ben Hunt, it makes them unbeatable. Would it shock you if he ended up, say, at the Storm for ten games? Yeah, it would. Um, would you play him at nine and just use him as the exact same way that they do in Origin? A hundred percent. Yeah, it works. They've got Pappenhausen there who I don't think is going to play again this year. So there could be some sort of salary cap exemption that they could pick up. I don't know what their cap's looking like. Well, this the salary cap exemption, I know that it comes in with rep games. Yeah. I'm not sure if you can... Get yeah, certainly I'm, not I'm as not much. Too, yeah, I'm not too sure either. if it's if it's through a club game because he did get injured in a club game last year against the Raiders. I will say, uh, yeah, it would shock me because I know that when they got Nofaluma, yeah, it was a, a season swap. or two ago. Uh, no, no, it, they did get him, but they had to juggle the cap like crazy because yeah. they had no money in the cap. So they have they they're not a team that saves a little bit at the end of the year to for okay. this situation. So, here's one for you. Jack Howarth touted as a future State of Origin second roller, and look, he's going nowhere. He's sitting in... Hasn't played a game. ...in Q Cup. He's on 500 a year. And that's what I was going to say. He is on big, big coin. Yep. Dragons could do with a good back roller. They could play him straight away now. It's an opportunity for him. Um, frees up some cap, gives him a chance to, to bring Hunt in. So if you're, if you're swapping someone like that, then you're really only tinkering a little bit. Um, it could be a... Here's Howarth, and you can have him. And while we're at it, we'll throw in a, a young peasant, and he can play first grade for the rest of the year, and we'll get him back, like they did with with that, Brooks and uh, not Brooks with um Harry Grant. Yeah, that's that's probably not a bad one. I I definitely don't think that they would give up peasant. No, no, no. Apart from here you go, yes. mate. Here, get get six NRL games into yourself. Yes. Uh, 
I just look back at Queensland. Let's just say, let's say he doesn't care where he goes yeah. and he just wants to go to Queensland, right? So the Titans probably make the most sense. They're, they're the most ready and willing to get on the Ben Hunt bandwagon. Yep. Let's say the Titans went to the Dragons and go, okay, we'll give you Sam Verrills and we'll give you Jaden Campbell. It's a done deal, isn't it? Of course it is. They'd jump straight at it. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I just can't see any NRL club bending over backwards to help the Broncos. No. It's just unfortunate for, for Broncos supporters. NRL clubs are not going to help them. They're no. not going to give them a, you know, a little and a, freebie or a boost here. And a Billy Walters swap isn't going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. It's a... It's a, we want a rep player. We need a good quality rep player. You give me Herbie Farmworth or you give me um, Reese Walsh. Well, they know, they which, don't even have a Tom Flegler available because he's right. going to the he's Dolphins. Gone. Yeah. Well, maybe it is a Flegler. You know, maybe someone like a Flegler because uh, he's in the same boat as Farmworth. And that's why I, I threw that one up there because he's going anyway. So you want Hunt, you give us you give us uh, Flegler. Yeah. I, they're, they're, there might be some serious... I don't see it happening. You don't see him going at all or not to the Broncos? I don't see him going to the Broncos. No. And, unless, I've got to put the caveat there, unless they're getting something big in return. And again, I can't see the Broncos doing that because it's going to upset the apple cart. They're going well. They're bubbling along. They're probably going to finish top four. Um, it, it just, things could implode rapidly. They've got a history. These guys that are playing at the moment have got a history of... When they're flying, they're flying. But when there's adversity, sometimes things get a bit tough. Well, we'll just talk about the Broncos for a second. They have some serious problems now that any smart coach would be looking at with their eyes wide open. Does it involve their fullback and winger? <laughs> their, their right-hand defense is abysmal. Yeah, well, that's... Um, Cobbo. Yeah, that's Cobbo. But it's also um, Katoni Staggs. Katoni Staggs as well. Yeah. The amount of times... He, he takes Selwyn, another one. Selwyn Cobbo gave one of the fastest players of the game, Carl Pereira, space over the weekend for him to get burnt on the outside was actually laughable. It was almost to the stage where if they had an outside back on the bench, he would have been hooked. Yeah. Because it was just abysmal. And it, it really cost them the game in the end because they scored a couple of tries off it. Uh, do you drop him to Q Cup for a, a week or two? No. No, but I don't consider him for origin while Xavier Coates is fit. Certainly not. Xavier Coates is playing the best he's ever played. Yeah. I thought David Coates should have been in the first game anyway. Yeah. Because Co uh, sorry, Cobo is unreal when he's got the footy. Yeah. Unreal. Like his his carries are great. He's a great finisher. He's the type of bloke who can have a shocker and you look at the scorecard and he's he's got a hat trick. Yeah. So you want him in your team, but there's a lot of um there there can be errors and, and defensive issues around him. Yeah. Do you, where would you have them? If you were picking a premiership winner now, where would you have them in the rankings? I'd have them... Well, I've got Penrith ahead of them. I've got Storm ahead of them. Yeah. I had the um, Rabbits ahead of them, but not anymore. The Rabbits have dropped back. Yeah. Uh, I'd have them on par with, with Parramatta now. Um, yeah. Because I think Parra have absolutely come from the clouds. They've got through that horrendous period they had. They're showing some form. They're actually putting teams away, and it shocked me to look um, yesterday that they've actually got the best for and against in the comp now, which which really surprised me. But I suppose that they haven't been belted by anyone. They've just they had those games that they were losing by small margins, and 
now they're putting teams away. So I'd certainly have them ahead of. The, I'd have uh, the Broncos ahead of the Sharks. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that, that's right. So I've got those four teams as my top four now, and I think they will be the top four. Yeah. Um, again, Paris got to keep winning games because they they had that poor start, but I, I think they've shown enough. And then it's Sharks, Rabbits. Interesting time for the Broncos now because we suspect that they will lose Reese Walsh. He hasn't yeah. gone to the judiciary yet, but I'd be stunned. Four to six weeks, do you think? I'd be stunned if it was less than four weeks. Yeah, They're going to go through the exact same period last year, losing a marquee player who's been on fire for them all year. Yeah. They lost Pat Carrigan for five weeks. Just quietly how Pat Carrigan's not doing yeah. a stint on the sideline as well. Um, that will I will never know. But Reese Walsh is probably going to miss some time now. I suppose Cobo goes to fullback then, doesn't he? I, I would think so. Um, who, who knows? City. Exactly, exactly. And uh, it's a real test for them. It's a test for Kevy, And it's it's probably one of the first times all year they've had to fight through a bit of adversity because they haven't had too many injuries, the old Broncos. But yeah, they've been unscathed almost, haven't they? Yeah, so it's it's an interesting time. And they've got games coming up like the Dolphins, who they're, they're massive favourites against. But the, the Dolphins, see, that's the the benefit that the Bronx have got this week. Yeah. The Dolphins are gone. Yeah. Well, do, do you do you not think, though, because it's against the Broncos, yeah, Wayne might be able to get them game, up for yeah. it. Yeah. And oh, it just, they, they should get Marshall King back this week, which makes a big difference to them. Absolutely. Um, Look, if, if the Broncos win this week and win well, which I think they should, yeah. or I think they will, um, they're fine, they're sweet, they'll roll on and, and make the top four. If the Dolphins pull off the upset, Reese Walsh gets suspended. Ben Hunt might be coming, might not be. How many blokes in that squad are sitting there thinking, "Well, hang on, we're first, and you're wanting to bring bring this bloke in to replace me"? Disharmony, disunity. The, the things could happen, and then all of a sudden, they might be in a fight to finish fourth or fifth. Um, but again, like I said, this week is huge. They they win this game, they're sweet. Something happens and they lose. Question mark. Christian Welch had a funny moment over the weekend before that was the gold. before the press conference. He's he's very open and honest, Christian. And uh, <laughs> it was I, cold. I, I think he's he went away at a good way though, didn't he? Yeah, it, it wasn't in it wasn't insulting. He clearly expected the Knights to win. Um, I will say we don't like potting coaches, but Adam O'Brien's in a lot of trouble here. They've won five games this year. It's it's round seventeen that we've just completed. Yeah. He was, he was under pressure heading into the season. And now that Holbrook's gone, and now that Anthony Griffin's gone, it looks like he's the next cab off the rank. It's a must-win must game this weekend, isn't it? It is. It is, yeah. If, if they don't win this week, he's in trouble. Yeah. Because they're not, they're not showing... One... I, I was going to say, they're not showing improvement. They're not. I was going to second-guess myself, but they're not. They're going backwards. I, I, I do feel bad for him. I think he's a good coach. And the fact that he's lost Jaden Braley two years in a row now, yeah, yeah, we're it, going to do a top five hookers later on. Jaden Braley, if healthy, is in my top five. Yeah, he's good. So the fact that you lose him and you're replacing him with Phoenix Crosland, who tries hard, but he's definitely not Jaden Braley. Uh, and the and fact that Penrith played no one is concerning. And... Gay guy had an absolute shocker. The amount of um, missed tackles, errors he had on the weekend was um, was. It's a question mark. I think um, 
you know, he, again, he's still trying his heart out. And he's probably been okay the last couple of weeks after being a little bit off for the few weeks before that. But it was not a good game at all from him on the weekend. Eight out of the top ten meter eaters in that game were all Penrith players. They just ran over the top yeah. of them. And what's the... With this current squad, they're locked into a few players here. They're locked into Ponga. Yep. Uh, you would say that they're locked into the Safidi brothers. Uh, you would say that they're locked into, well, Jane But it, it sounds like they're, they're looking to move on one of the Safidis to maybe free up some coin. Maybe. What? What is, a, if they all stay healthy, what's a realistic expectation for this night squad? They're a fringe top eight side. Yeah. There are... Like a lot of teams in the comp, there are they they say healthy. There are six to ten, you know, six to eleven. Is it an attractive job? Um, there's a lot of aging players on that roster, but I, I think you know a couple of them are moving on or, or coming to the end. It's an attractive job, but there's a clean out of a few bloke, blokes needed. Gagai's on a lot of money. Gagai's number one. Bradman Best is probably another one that I'm, that springs to mind that I'd look to move on. Dom Young has signed with the Roosters, but I do think that there's a bit of toing and froing yeah, there at the I, moment. I, I, don't, I reckon they can hang on to him. I, I do too. Depends and what clauses are in that deal. Particularly looking at the Roosters at the moment. The Knights aren't, aren't going that much worse than the Roosters. No, but the, the Knights aren't that much worse from where we expected them to be. Exactly. The Roosters are going a touch better, but we expected the Roosters to be a top four side. Yes, no doubt. They They're were premiership favourites. They are yuck. It, it's it's quite stunning. <laughs> I saw a stat last night. The Raiders have led 18-0 in three games this year. They've won them by 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. So the, yeah. the, the leads capitulate. But winning that game, first of all, very important for the Raiders. They now uh, go into six spot with that win, I think. Uh, but also really slams the door on any hope that the Roosters had of making the eight. Well, this week does. This is the game. So... The Roosters and Manly play each other. Um, whoever wins this game is still treading water and and still a, an outside chance. Whoever loses this game is gone. Oh, I think Manly are gone already. Oh, without Tom, like, yeah. yeah. But they they they've got that money up their sleeve. They've got the money to grab a two of us a check or or someone like that. Um, so if they do happen to pull that off in the next week or two, they might still be able to do something. But um, I think they're in big trouble. We'll talk about Manly. They signed Luke Brooks just about an hour ago now. Yes. Uh, that says to me, Schuster is going to the Tigers. I I don't reckon he will. And that's no mail. I've got no no idea. At, at times, I try not to talk to football. I talk about football to my brother, so um, I doubt it. So where do you play him? Back row. Back to the back row. Yeah. So that's that's interesting because I, I think Brooks and Cherry Evans are a great combo. Yeah, the, I think they will work really well together. Yeah. Uh, does Schuster want to play back row? That's another oh, thing. Well, does he want to play? He either wants to play footy or he doesn't. Yeah. You know, it comes down to that. You're getting paid. So. Um, can, can I tell you how I think this will work out? So let's let's say the back row move is on. Yeah. He'll go to the back row. He'll request a release, and that'll be it. Potentially, but it, but it says something about it. So I think if Brooks goes to half, Schuster to left edge, which, look, that that's the spot. Now, Bullymore's playing good footy. Um, He's been great. He has been. But that's, in the pack, that's where Manly need a player. They need a left edge. So maybe maybe they go, right, oh, well, let's, 
let's look at Schuster there. If it works, he knuckles down, he rips in, they've got a solution. If it doesn't, he requests a release because he doesn't want to do it and doesn't want to be there. You're not missing anything because, okay, well, he's showing what we're going to get. So if he's requested a release, he wasn't going to put in, he wasn't going to try, so move on. They do have a couple of youngsters at Manly who could be anything or could be nothing. Yeah. So they've got um, uh, Finu's, Manasi Finu's younger brother. Not not the young, young brother, just the, the back rower. Oh, the back rower. Yeah, he's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. Uh, I, I really hope that they can keep him because him yeah. and Olakawatu, now you're cooking. Yeah, no, they, he's good. Yeah. I think uh, he might be in middle though, but he's... Could do. Yeah. Uh, you've got Paseca there, who's yep. really finding some form. Yep. Um, they do probably lack, and I know Jake's missing, and Jake takes up a lot of the salary cap, so I understand, but they probably are lacking another couple of middles. Uh, so that mid-range yeah, when, middle. Well, when, when Jake comes back, then, you know, you've got Sipley, Paseca, Jake. Now, Aloya is the one that's on big money that, since that injury last year, he hasn't been the same. No. Um, he's always had, you know, the error or, or penalty in him, but he just seems a little bit off at the moment. So, you know, I'm sure they're hoping that he can come good. He's coming back from, you know, knee surgery, missing a whole preseason, so that could be something there. Um, Bullymore's now shown finally that he is up to it, and he's not just up to it, he, he's going quite well. Yes. Um, so so for mine, bring Jake back. It's the left left edge. That's that's where they're chasing someone. Manly know this as well. They went and got Aaron Woods. They, yeah, they, they, that's right. They knew they needed an extra extra middle. Yeah. Um, the other one too, which is interesting. Now, Croker has surprised me how good he's going. Like, he's improving. I think when young Gordon Cam Tung, I think that's how you pronounce his name, the young hooker that played in the preseason challenge for them. Yeah. I think after this week or the next week, he can start actually playing. I, I do think they become a better side when he becomes the number 14 and the the guy who's coming on to play hooker for 20 minutes. He's got a little bit of um, Brandon Smith in him. Yeah. There's that low centre of gravity, can take off, seems to carry defenders with him when he um, when he gets into contact. We spoke, we've spoke we spoken about this before. Manly was royally screwed with their hooking situation oh, when Appy Cossett yeah. left and yeah, Manasi Fino got in trouble. That's right. Because they put all their eggs in Manasi. Yeah, exactly right. And you would because he was he was a talent or he is a talent. He's yes. just unfortunately unable to play. Yeah. Um but I suppose the one thing that we haven't spoken anywhere near enough about is uh Parramatta. Parramatta look, the the game was over about twenty minutes in. Uh They were red hot for twenty minutes. Absolutely. And I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit suspect on Parramatta as to when they come up against the elite teams. Uh, and I, I think that Lane's obviously a big out for yep. them still. Uh, they do have a couple of young forwards who have really impressed me. So Greg, Ockton, uh, obviously Hopgood's had a tremendous year. Yep. But when it comes to uh, the bigger name teams at the end of the year, I, I do think that the the missing of Reed Marnie from last year is going to cost them at some stage. Yeah, I, I would have agreed. However, I'm starting to warm to Brandon Hand. So, when we look at how Reed Money's going at Canterbury, and now all of a sudden the change in Paris footy that, that Hands has been the, the starting hooker and playing more minutes, now Hodgson's injured. It's coincided with Paris' resurgence. Their attack is absolutely flying. So, part of me is starting to think, was Marnie the person that was making them look good? 
or were Parramatta in the style of footy that they played making Marnie look good? That might be true. Because uh, he's not playing good footy at Canterbury at all. No, and that might be true, and we'll talk about the hookers a little bit later, but the loss of Dylan Brown as well. I, that, that's it. So if they get Brown and, and Lane back over the next week or two, which I think they will, um, that's them back to almost full strength. And the majority of that squad, 14 of them, played a grand final last year. So I, I think they can get there. I really do. I would I would say that they have to make the top four. I, I would agree with and that. I, I, think I would agree, and I think they will. I think it's a remarkable job that yeah. Parramatta have done, even getting to this point. Like so, the, uh, it, it shows to me how good of a coach Brad Arthur is, um, because they, they, if they didn't make the eight after the start they had, no one would have gone, oh, this is a shock. So we've spoken a number of times about the, the draw. Sorry, about the ladder. It's a false ladder. I'm um, just looking at it now. Buys included, Para would jump the Sharks into fourth spot. Yep. And they've, th- got, they've got more wins and less losses. So That's another sorry, thing with the ladder as wins, well. Yeah. That's another thing with the ladder as well. A lot of people saying the Titans are coming ninth. So why sack Justin Holbrook now? Well, they're ninth and they were the only team who had, had every buy. So they were elevated yeah. through the buys. So really, they're not ninth. So they're, they're close to 11th, 12th, 13th. But it's looking at, again, we've spoken about this, looking at the losses. That's where I try to, to look at and focus on with get a real indication on where teams are at. And it is a close comp. It is ridiculous. From, from fourth all the way down to 13th, there's two losses in them. Yep. You know, that's that can change. And and a couple of um, commentators over the weekend spoke about that, just how tight that mid-pack mid is in the, on the ladder. You put a month of good footy together and all of a sudden you're um, fringe top four. Yes. Uh, I will say, though, I think the eight is set. I'd be really surprised if the eight moved. And It's the, just what order they finish. The team that is most likely to miss out on the eight which is hilarious, is South Sydney. Because they, it, it was only a month and a half ago we had them number one in our power rankings. Yeah. They'd beaten Penrith. They'd beaten everyone. They'd lapped the Broncos. They'd lapped the Storm. And now with a couple of injuries, namely Luttrell, they're in all sorts. And now, no Luttrell for another two or three games. Yeah. So they they really need a result this weekend against the Warriors. Uh, the Cowboys are coming, but I just think they've left their run too late. I agree. And the Cowboys have two games over the next five weeks that I think are, are yeah. definite losses in Parramatta and the Broncos. Uh, although the Bronco the Broncos game might be a pivotal one. Yeah, so they've got this week they play West Tigers, West Tigers, which you know you, you would expect them to win comfortably. They lost by seventy four weeks ago against them. Yeah, true, but I think there's payback coming. <laughs> there's a bit of payback coming course, this week. Yeah, of course. Uh, and Manly uh, with. Origin affected, uh, the fact that Daly's not there, to me, is just too big. Yeah, I, mate, I agree. Um, I just think if they, they find a way to beat the Roosters this week, they keep the season alive for for another month. If the Roosters knock them off, it's it's almost a year over. Yep. And Roosters are in the same token, in the same boat. If um, they lose this week, it's game over, or season over. They win, they keep their season alive for another month to see what happens. We'll break down these teams at the end of the year and where it went wrong for them and what they can do. But with the Roosters, just a 
general summation, what is their Achilles heel at the moment? The, the, I will say, just before you say that, yeah. they're still the only team to not score 30 in a game. Yeah. And they have the worst attack in the competition. That's right. It just shocks me. I just think their recruitment, they got it wrong. They've got their recruitment wrong the last two years, three years. Um, you know, they're invested a lot of time and money in a, in a half that now they decided to to drop to reserve grade in, in Sam Walker and potentially move on. I know he's injured at the moment, but again, like we spoke about at the start of the year, wouldn't shock me if he was moved on um, at some point. Um, Brandon Smith just was not a good buy at all. Um, didn't suit the way that they play. He's caught between trying to play a Melbourne way, a Roosters way or his way. And um, again, it's just not working. I also think that um, they've got too many stars that need their hands on the footy. How do you share that? So, you know, you've got blokes like a, a Joey Manu who needs the, hand, the ball in his hands. Teddy needs the ball in his hands. Kiri wants the ball constantly. And that is a half. He's got to play on the footy. Smith is constantly thinking, you know, me for run first. I think a lot of pressure has to come back onto Kiri because there was one stage last night, and I know this is not all Luke Kiri's fault, but you've got to recognise this. Joe Manu was awesome last night. And the fact that at one stage, Billy Smith had 12 runs and Joey Manu had six. And you're just like, where's the ball going here? Let's Let's try and set things up for Joey, get him involved a bit more. Uh, to I'd me, like to, to again, I, w- I watched the game and I watched it closely, but I'd like to have a real deep dive into that though. And is Billy Smith getting the footy or is he going looking for the footy? Maybe, but then Joey Manu needs to look for That's the right. And then well. it's all Manu. Yeah. It's all Manu, not Kiri. We'll finish off with our top five hookers of the week. Uh, I tell you what, the hooker st- stocks are low in the competition. It's a good time to be a dummy half in the yeah, NRL. Yeah, I, I agree. You're going to get a start somewhere. So, uh, number one, Harry Grant. Harry Grant. With a bullet. Yeah, he's, def- he's the clear number one hooker in the game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number two, who you got? Damien Cook. Okay, so I've got Appy Corosau. Now, this goes back to our pre-origin debate we had between Cook and Corosau. Yeah. Um, I know the Tigers aren't going well, but uh, to me, he's still the number two. So, uh, yeah. and and again, I looked at it. I actually was trying to find a way not to have him in my top five because <laughs> I just can't have someone in such a key role in my best five players, and their team comes last. Yeah, I I totally understand that. Uh, in my three though, is Cook. Who you got? Um, Jeremy Marshall King, which a year ago I would have had him in the worst five because <laughs> in the comp, but it's. It's no surprise that Redcliffe, or sorry, the Dolphins' um, dip has been when he's been injured or, or or out of the game. So he's a good footballer. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I've got I've got Robson at four. I've got Corus Howe at four. Okay. And then at five, I've also got Jeremy Marshall King. Okay. I, I've hung on to to read Marnie because I, I looked at it and thought well Hunt's only a hooker three times a year yes because he's probably the, the third or fourth best hooker in the comp yes but he doesn't play hooker um, there was too many arguments against the other players and I do believe that Marnie's not playing good because he's trying so hard so if that's your if that's your fault that you you care too much and you're trying too hard well things will start to happen for you and I think he's there's a good hooker there uh, no, no, Jaden Braley because he's hurt. Yeah. Um, the other one, and this this 
you can look at this two ways. You can look at it and saying, oh, what a great year he's having. Or you can also look at it saying, oh, how terrible are hookers. Wade Egan has you, you had know, a really mate, good year. He's the other person that I was actually thinking. Yep. Yeah. He, it, he's had a good year. It's, an, it's a crew of outcasts they've got at the Warriors there in their spine, but he's certainly doing a great job for them. He's benefiting from peak Sean Johnson, though, Of isn't course, he? they all are. And it's um, and he, he does have a, a dumb error in him, Wade Egan, but I tell you what, a lot of the stuff he does is, you know, his good is, is top six, seven in the game. Have you seen another player that makes the whole rugby league support community happier than what Sean Johnson's does when he plays good footy. It's pretty remarkable. There's a feel good story about Sean yeah. Johnson going back to the Warriors. It, but always, like forever, I, I can't remember too often where people have ever had an issue with Sean Johnson or not wanted anything but him to be good or, or watch him play good footy. Yeah, and he is playing great footy. Yeah, it is. And it's, I think even the other players in, in opposition teams, he, he must be a good follower because you can tell that they're happy that he's playing good footy. He's would he be ahead at the Dally M's? Um, Him and Payne Haas probably battling it out? I don't know. I don't. He's probably a lot closer than what I actually thought. Yeah, because I when, thought when, the Warriors, when the Warriors win... He plays well. Yeah. And there's not that many... So when... And, and you know, people will do this. When you're not 100% sure who should be the man of the match because there was five good players, you're going to pick the star. Yeah. And Sean Johnson's inevitably the star there so yeah he, he probably is a lot higher than what I thought I think Hass is definitely up there um, apart from that it, it could be a real shock who wins the Daily M this year the The new format is just if you can string three or four dead set I am man of the match and there's no doubt about it games together which is what Reese Walsh has done so he could be up there as well um, which he might be in trouble now but you, you could win a Daily M this year and, and come from nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Seebs, good to see you. Thanks, mate. This has been the 60 Go Podcast brought to you by Min Sports, and that is full time.